guys. Welcome to the Here to Evolve podcast. I'm Josh. And I'm Alessandra. And I'm terrible at these intros, so I'm going to get this out of the way again. We have been saying this podcast is going to hit on three main uh, three main pillars. I'm going to chop that down to two because the third one is just kind of sprinkled in anyway. So this is for business and this is for health and fitness. So basically, quick rundown on who we are and what we do. Um, we run SD Evolution, an online health coaching company, and Fit Coach Pro, which is the software we use for SD Evolution that we lease to other coaches. So we're in a situation that's a little unique. Um, we obviously haven't made it to this point, but we've done very, very well. So we're not talking to you from the top or from the bottom. We're well on our way to you know reaching those goals. We've, we've done very well for ourselves. So we're talking to you from, from a perspective of people who have done a few things that have worked really well, but we're not there yet. So we're gonna share things that we're doing on the fly. Um, and just try to give you guys that different perspective of the the people who are on, you know, they were on the ground floor, we're climbing that ladder and we're doing things and we're learning from mistakes and, and building this uh, from the bottom. So that's where we are. Business side of things. That's what that looks like. Health side of health side of things. We're going to go through, you know, some general topics that's going to help people, you know, not necessarily get into the science and the nitty gritty stuff, but some fun things and some, some topics that are often overlooked and just helping you reach your goals, whether it's building muscle, losing fat, improving overall health, reverse dieting. We're going to hit on all those. We're going to talk to you in a way that is easy to understand and hopefully enjoyable to listen to. Yeah. I mean, we're going to just take the concepts that we talk about with our clients and apply them here for you guys, because at the end of the day, our mission is to help as many of you as possible improve your entire lifestyles and realize that health and happiness can coexist together. And it can be something that you really start to enjoy and you view as a journey rather than just an end destination. So I'm going to get this out of the way. Also, my OCD is on fire. If you guys are watching this from YouTube, my light is not blue today. It, uh, it connects to Wi-Fi and you adjust it from your phone. It's not connecting for some reason. I can't get Josh it blue. Josh is really upset about it, but I kind Super of like it. it. I, like I like blue. The I like the light blue. Well, it's okay. Anyway, um, today we're going to talk about health in a very general sense. So we're in the middle of a pandemic, and there really isn't much talk of a health campaign. Um, I say that in quotes, but you'll see a couple, you know, hey, maybe go for a run, eat a vegetable, let's focus on being healthy. But for as strong as a, of a push as we've had for, you know, mandating vaccines and, you know, all this political mumbo jumbo, all the bullshit that you're hearing and the negativity in the press and, you know, anywhere you look, there's no real push in that same effort to improve overall health. And that's pretty crazy to me, considering the majority of our population is unhealthy in some way, shape or form, whether that's an underlying condition, whether that's obesity, whether it's borderline obesity, whether you're hypertensive, prehypertensive, most people are dealing with something and we're not talking about things and putting a, a public effort into improving those areas when we should be. And this is the prime time to bring that into effect. I think the issue and viewpoint a lot of people have with health is, oh, I'll worry about it later. And then they wait and they wait and they wait and then it's it's too late. They wait until something is already wrong and then they try to take action from there. When in reality, you should be focusing on your health to prevent any of these health conditions from happening to you. And you do have a lot of control, regardless of your genetics, to put yourself in the best case scenario to just take control of your entire life from a health perspective. And I think it's super common and it's things that we just overlook all the time. So like myself personally, dealing with Barrett's esophagus, I could feel things happening before I got to the point where I was actually really sick. 
and I just wouldn't stop. So, I mean, I talked about this in a post, um, I think a few weeks back at this point, but it was a situation where I'm just like, something needs to slow me down because I can't slow myself down and I know something's wrong. So by the time that this actually became full-fledged Barrett's and, you know, things went downhill from there, that was the point where I said, oh, wait, what can I do now to be better? How can I, how can I improve my health from this point? But I struggled for years and years and years because I didn't catch that before this. I took my health for granted. I always knew based on what I was doing that this was probably going to be an issue down the road. But I just thought that, you know, down the road was going to be a little further in my 50s, my 60s, something like that. It hit me at 21, 22 years old and it punched me right in the mouth. So this is just something where we all kind of do that. We push off going to the doctor. We know we're not the healthiest in some way, shape or form, whether we're drinking too much, whether we're too sedentary, whether stress is insanely high. We just kind of cope with it before or before it becomes that major issue. Yeah, our bodies are super smart. I mean, they're going to tell you when something is, is going on and it's it just comes down to whether or not you see it or whether or not you know to look for it to take action on it. And, you know, just going back to biofeedback and what we have our clients track, we have them pay attention to stress and sleep and energy levels and hunger levels and their digestion and all of these things for a reason. It's because all of those things dictate your overall health. So if you're not tuning into any of those and you don't really know your body, it's going to be really hard to kind of see when something is off and, or if something comes up and to recognize when that starts to happen. But even people who do recognize it, it can be sort of hard for them to to start focusing on their health. And I think the biggest hurdle for people who struggle with starting is because it's overwhelming and they think there's way too much they have to change. They're almost in the mindset of they're too far gone and they're in that fixed mindset where they they struggle with accepting that they have to change their life. As humans, we don't want to change. We want to stay in our little comfort bubble and we want to feel that level of comfort to some extent. Um, and that applies to your health and fitness journey too. Um, but you have to you have to pop the bubble. You have to grow and evolve and make those small changes to eventually change the bigger picture. I would interject though and say that it's not even necessarily that you know something you know something's wrong. It's it's just everything's kind of normalized. So we're normalized to not sleep. We're normalized to deal with high stress levels. We're normalized to drink all the time. And it's just, it's something that we don't think about how bad it is for us because everyone else is dealing with it too. So we just kind of take it as it is, say this is life and, and that's that. But the truth of the matter is everyone is affected by so many, you know, poor health situations, some comorbidity or, you know, any underlying condition because this is the norm. So if this wasn't the norm, the majority of our country wouldn't be unhealthy in some way, shape or form. Absolutely. So it's not really an exclusive club you necessarily want to be a part of. Um, and then quick shout out. This this topic did come from a longtime client. So what's up, Kim? Um, she brought it we up. Love as you, a, Kim. <laughs> she brought it up in an event session. And I just thought it was an awesome, awesome thing to talk about. Kim, um, honestly, just is the best because she connected us to Greg and she brings <laughs> up these amazing topics and she just, you know, has been with us from day one, really. So shout out to I Kim. Think, I think literally from day one. So she's, this is a, someone who I've taken through all phases. We've done bulks, we've done cuts, we've done reverse diets. This is one of my clients who we're focusing on actually incorporating more intuitive eating with um, just because she's conquered everything. She's where she wants to be. And now we're scaling it back to fit that lifestyle. But these are the things like she's, she's a manager who 
if there's an area to improve, we'll highlight it and she conquers that the next week. And that's really the theme of this podcast. So you can be doing a lot of things well, but there's still probably an area for you to improve, whether it is your sleep routine, whether it is drinking more water, cutting back on alcohol, whatever those things are. There are a lot of things and a lot of different areas you can focus on in health. Um, but the, the biggest frustration, I think it is for a lot of people because we know the media is pushing a lot of buttons is, you know, how cool would it be to turn on the TV and see the anchors talking about what the viewers can do today to be healthy. And that's just not happening. It's a lot of scare tactics, which I understand to kind of start back with what my personal side of things is. I am pro vaccination. I've made that very clear. I understand, I understand the other side of things, why people don't want to get vaccinated. Um, I just think there's been such a line drawn in the sand between politicians and even doctors and nurses and people in the field where you're on one side or the other. So there's a lot of scare tactics on both sides. So I do understand why people don't want to get vaccinated. Um, I am pro-vaccination. I'm not, I don't think there's going to be issues long-term. Obviously, time will tell. But based on the people that I've, I've followed along with and the, the sources of my information, I do feel really good about this side of things. But I am understanding of the other side. Um, so all that said, I do think we can all agree that there are plenty of things we can do to improve our overall health. So... Again, this whole thing, it's, it's mind-boggling to me. And even I'll go back to the line in the sand for a minute here and kind of go one step further just with my experience with doctors recently. I feel like we're not treating the underlying source of our issues anymore. And I, I feel like they used to do that. And I feel like right now everyone just pushes out prescriptions and you're only dealing with improving the symptom and you're not dealing with healing the source. So myself personally, back to the Barrett's esophagus, when I was diagnosed, the first thing I asked my doctor was, okay, well, what can I do to be better? What can I do to heal myself? Is this something that I can heal? Or are we, what, what's the plan or what are we doing? And he said, no, you're not gonna plan on healing this. Our objective is to make sure it doesn't get worse, to make sure this doesn't turn into esophageal cancer, which kind of bummed me out um, and I kind of accepted that. So I took the medication, I went on my way, I cleaned up, you know, I obviously wasn't drinking anymore. I, I cut back 99.9% .9 of my supplementation just because those things were making me feel really, really terrible. But it wasn't until three, four, five years into my journey that I kind of stumbled across some other things. I was doing a couple specializations for, uh, for myself, my, for my profession over here with the coaching. Um, and I found there are ways to improve your health, to not obviously improve your health, but to improve this condition, to heal that esophageal lining. Um, to make sure not only this doesn't get worse, but it does get better and it is quote unquote curable. You can beat this thing. It's not likely, um, but you can do it through, through natural means. So I focused on healing myself, getting those symptoms to calm down through going back to that root source and that helped change my life. So doing that for, I mean, I've had this for about 10 years, almost nine years at this point, I've spent the last four really focusing on healing and I felt really good for the last year and a half to two years. So it took me two years of consistently doing those things to feel better. But it is so fucking frustrating that the doctors won't tell you that whether they're not continuing to educate themselves. They're already doctors. I don't know what the continuing education units are for for doctors, but everyone that I've, I've talked to about, you know, different things that they're dealing with. The doctors are never treating the underlying cause. They're always treating the symptoms and it's always with medication. It's not with talking about holistic approaches, changing lifestyle factors. I'm not saying not any, that no doctors do that. I'm sure there's some out there and a lot of naturopaths I've dealt with do take that route, but it's mind boggling to me that all you're going to do is write a prescription and send us on our way. When I can use Google for that, I don't need your fucking advice to show up and say, Hey, take this medication. I could Google it, walk up to a fucking pharmacy and then get that done. 
they don't actually let you do that. But I'm saying theoretically, that's what that process looks like. Yeah. That makes you useless. I think it's interesting, too, because a lot of naturopathic doctors and more of the holistic route of people tend to get hated on by the more mainstream doctors or people within that side of things. Um, But you specifically and even myself going through, you know, the first round of pregnancy and coming off the pill, we both had really great success working with naturopathic doctors. And we can speak to for many of our clients who have also experienced really great results from them. And it's because they, they look at your entire lifestyle. I've never had a doctor sit with me as long as my naturopath did. Um, so it's just interesting to me, um, that, you know, there are people who will draw the line there on both sides and say naturopaths are awful. They shouldn't even be helping people. But in our experience, they've helped us more than doctors. I've gotten tenfold more progress working with a naturopath. I was on, I felt like my deathbed. I would joke to my parents and it wasn't a joke that I would be lucky to see 25 years old because I felt like I was having a heart attack every single day from the symptoms that I was having through this. And all they were doing, all my, my MD was doing was writing me a prescription for a proton pump inhibitor, which they're back and forth. They waffle on the long-term effects of that. But all that's doing is shutting down acid production in your stomach. Again, just preventing that from, from not getting worse. But in doing that, you're affecting digestion. You're affecting nutrient absorption. There's a lot of other things that are happening. And the symptoms I had were still not improving. So I still felt like dog shit every single day. I wasn't living my life. For two years, I had no life because I felt so terrible. And nobody could help me get through that until I finally saw a naturopath. We started working from the core out and helped those symptoms calm down. And I started getting my life back, researching what I could continue to do to heal. And that's how we've gotten back to where I am today. Yeah, you have to really self-advocate for yourself when it comes to any kind of doctor and make sure that you're also, you know, putting in the work and doing everything that you can. If you're given an ultimatum and, for example, just using Josh's, like for his doctor to tell him at 21 years old that you can't cure this and that there's nothing else you can do, like that's defeating. And that also then starts to affect your mental health. And I remember it was probably two years or three years ago now this you know, things got bad again and your cells came back bad where you were kind of, you know, trying to figure out what the heck was going on with you. And it really just negatively impacted your mental health to the point where you just felt like you couldn't, there was nothing else to do. And it, it hurt me so bad to see you like that because, you know, no matter what I said, you just kind of, it's not that you were giving up, but you weren't given the tools to have success in this area. And when you started to continue to research and you went through all of these surgeries soon after that, and you started to really start to feel better. Um, it took a long time, but you did, um, you know, it just, it's so interesting how much your physical health also impacts your mental health too. It's both sides of things. It's physical that it impacts the mental, but it's also the mental that impacts the physical. So yeah talk about that mind gut axis that's it's a real thing so stress first and foremost is one of the biggest creators of inflammation within your body so if you're always in an inflamed state you're always in a stress state your body is always fighting itself essentially so meditation has been probably the number one tool that i've picked up in the last couple of years and i'm i'm grateful that i've been consistent with it i've been very interested in it i always was interested in it but it took me a while to actually figure out how to meditate it's like okay am i sitting here just trying to be quiet you know, I've got a thousand thoughts running through my mind. What are we doing? So I've gone a bunch of different routes. There's visualization. There's mindfulness meditation. Um, I don't know the name for it, but like chakra-esque meditations, which have been 
I don't, I don't know if you guys follow along with the chakra, I'll go on that tangent for a minute. Seven chakras, basically different points in your body that are connected to different functions and different parts of your body. You've got crystals and stones and incense and stuff that are going to activate these chakras. I'm not saying I believe in the direct connection and the direct placement of these chakras. I just think it's very cool to have a specific point to meditate to affect specific things in your body. I think that's real. I think that's extremely powerful. I've got the chakra stones and crystals around my bed, under my he pillow. Sleeps with I, them. I walk with them. <laughs> I got, I don't know, I'm not supposed to look at the camera on these podcasts, but I've got these mala beads for meditation straight from Nepal, a hematite um, ring that we got at this awesome place in Mystic Village. Um, where we're going to go back and decorate the entire house from, I think, when, uh, <laughs> when that's done. But just little areas to basically concentrate on specific focuses. So, um, you know, healing your gut, healing your, uh, you're slowing your thoughts down, just things along those lines. You basically align a chakra with a specific function. I think that stuff is really cool. So it's almost like a reminder slash mindfulness tool to help you channel where that meditation is focusing on. Yeah. Just to clarify. So, yes. So they're all intertwined, but you can have certain block chakras and that would lead to like an upset stomach or to headaches or, you know, regrets and, you know, going over heartbreak and things like that. So there are different things that you would do and you kind of work your way through all seven chakras um, to kind of get everything working, working in harmony together. And you just kind of keep rotating through those to make sure it's all flowing. But it's cool because it gives you different areas to focus on, to run through, and you really are focusing on all those different aspects. So I am huge on connecting your, your mental, the mental side of things. So thinking things into existence basically. So, Hey, to make it super simple and I'm not saying I do this, but I have heartburn. Let me think that heartburn away. So I'm focusing on that. I'm picturing my body breaking up that acid and flushing out that heartburn. I don't do that, but I'm saying it's to that extent. I think it's funny because you, you used to you actually still do make fun of me jokingly sometimes of how quote unquote mental I can be when it comes to There's a difference. Yeah. But <laughs> could you have an example as far as that goes? Cause it's kind of the same thing. You, what I'm saying is like a direct focus of connecting your mind to certain <laughs> things. You are uh, space jam and the special water, Mike's secret water, the secret sauce where it's literally just a water placebo bottle effect, the placebo I guess. effect. Yeah. You are the placebo effect. I, I really am. And I honestly, it works for me. That's fine. <laughs> to each their own. So let's kind of dive in, simplify things that you can do every day that anybody can do any single day to kind of improve overall health. So keeping it very basic, something as simple as going for a walk. So a lot of us might be sedentary, especially if we're working from home right now, getting that step count up. So you don't have to walk 10,000 steps a day, 20,000 steps a day. A great point of returns is 7,000 steps per day. But okay. you don't have to even track it if you don't want to obsess over the numbers or purchase a watch or whatever. Um, you Go know, for time, 10-minute walk, 20-minute walk, 30-minute walk. Something that we have or I have some of my clients do who don't want to do that is go for time, like Josh said. Or, um, you know, at the top of each hour, have your phone alarm go off and just kind of remind you to get up. Even if you're moving for like five minutes around the house or you just go throw a load of laundry in or just something, try to stay active as much as you can build a standing desk and maybe that's even you know every time you go grocery shopping you park in the very far furthest parking spot you possibly can or you know if you're living in a city walk somewhere or you know just always try to take the option that's a little bit harder and allows you to move a little bit more and it's going to make a big difference those steps and that movement add up quick but 
like Josh said, so many of us are so sedentary and just doing an hour workout in the gym once per day as your movement is not enough. And even just as an example today, I'm somebody who does track my steps. Um, I did a, a leg workout this morning. I was in here for an hour. Granted, I'm in a small garage gym, but even when I used to do this, when we used to go to commercial gyms, I got 500 steps in that hour. That's nothing. So, you know, you can't rely on that one hour workout to make up all of your activity for the entire day. Your body was made to move. So literally something as simple as walking, we're not doing that necessarily to burn calories. We're doing that for our mental health. We're doing that for digestion. We're doing that for physical health. There are all these things that it's improving. The human body was made to move. We were at, at our root. We were hunters and gatherers. We were walking how many miles a day. Now we're working from home. We're on our computers. If we're not going to work at all, we literally could be in our kitchen the entire day and we go to sleep. If you are tracking and you see like sub 3000 steps, you're extremely sedentary right now. So making sure that you're just mindful about that, you get yourself moving, it's going to take a week and you're immediately going to notice a return on that investment. It's something majority majority of us can do. And even my grandmother was over this morning telling me about how yesterday she went for a three mile walk and then met my uncle for another two mile walk. She gets out every single day and goes for her walk in the winter, in the summer months, all the time. It's her saving grace. And honestly, that's that's all the exercise she does. She's in her late 70s maybe early maybe 80 i don't know she even. can still run around with kai that she's that so active so sharp you want to talk about reducing long-term effects and keeping your mate your mind stable for the longer term that is the best thing you can do especially as you get into the later years yeah she's she's my hero so just it just goes to show how much walking can do for you in so many ways so that's one easy thing that you can start to implement and again don't make it complicated don't feel like you have to start tomorrow and go out for an hour walk but you can you can start tomorrow you can start right now you can as absolutely you're listening to start this podcast, you can stand up right this second but you don't have to set these unrealistic expectations for yourself so make sure it can be something that fits within your life right now and work to improve that over time every week maybe you add five more minutes or you add a little bit more distance or whatever it is focus on some way to improve that next one consuming whole foods so next time you're going through the store Let's maybe put down five of those processed foods that you pick up, the bag of this, that, or the other, and go through the produce aisle. Spend half your time, three quarters of your time in that produce aisle. Pick out some new fruits you've never had, some new vegetables you never had, that weird thing in the corner. Pick it up, try to cook it, figure out you know a good recipe for it. These things contain different sources of fiber. So fiber intake, overall intake, and fiber diversity are becoming well-known as one of the best, if not the top over, the top indicator of overall health. So what that's doing is not just improving digestion, it's improving your mood, it's improving um, every function that you have as far as performance, as far as energy levels, as far as sleep. Like microbiota, we've hit on this in another one, and we'll kind of go deeper in, in some more, I'm sure. But your microbiota control everything that you're doing. There are more microbiota in your body than human cells. And it's all about immunity. There's so much to do with immunity. And again, that mind-gut connection as far as your thoughts, your actions, the things that you're putting into the world. It all starts with your diet. And it just by, if you're not tracking, just kind of count the different types of fruits, vegetables, legumes, um, you know, any type of whole food that you're consuming. Count the different types that you're eating throughout the course of the day. Total that at the end of the week. Ideally, you want to be at 30 plus different types of whole foods each week. If you are tracking fiber, we are notoriously low in the United States. Again, underlying health conditions. We're known for that. 
fiber is super, super low. You have parts of the world who are consuming over 100 grams per day of fiber. And over here, we we've consume had clients well co- less than 20. We've had clients come in consuming like five grams of Single fiber digits, which per is day. Hard. That's hard to do. <laughs> that is hard to do. And that just, it tells us without even looking at what they're eating, that they're eating mostly processed foods, or even if they are eating some nutrient dense things, they're picking things that have little to no fiber in it. So, um, you know, even going along with this, you know, whole food rant, it's not that processed foods are bad. You can still have those things in moderation, but the majority of your diet should be coming from those whole single ingredient food choices. And you can still keep it simple. You can still go grab a bag of, you know, frozen broccoli, just get the plain stuff rather than the, the, lean cuisine meals that have super high sodium or something um you know you can get frozen vegetables and fruits you can get things in cans those having those things and having those things as your single ingredient foods is still better than having nothing at all so if you want to keep it easy and keep it simple for yourself to start start there because you can just pop that bag of broccoli in the microwave for three to four minutes and it's ready to roll stir fry is a game changer so chopping up some vegetables. You can even buy these prepackaged in a stir fry form. They're already chopped up, ready for you to throw in a pan, throw in some olive oil, whatever your favorite seasonings are. If you want to just go salt, pepper, and, uh, and garlic powder, whatever it is, throw that on rice, throw that on some meat, throw that on, and just eat it plain. I eat it plain. Zucchini, onions, pepper, different types of peppers. You can go through with just a thousand different types of peppers. Throw it all in there, mix it up, make this super, super colorful, and you're going to feel a difference. So when we say processed foods are okay in moderation, it's not necessarily that they're super detrimental to your health. Obviously, we don't want to be taking in a ton of processed sugars and garbage because it's over time, it is going to do things negatively to uh, to impact our health. But you're going to want to make this something where everything you consume does something positive. So one of the books that we had read, um, eat yourself healthy. Dr. Megan Rossi is one of my heroes now after, after going through that book and implementing those things is you treat your gut microbiota as a, a dinner guest. So let's say you have whatever you want for dinner, make sure you're always having something for that guest. So something that guest is going to enjoy. They want fiber. They want resistant starch. They want different sources, diversity. If you're not consuming a specific type of fiber, you're not feeding a specific species of microbiota. So each different species is going to do something better for your overall health, something different. Um, so have something for that, that dinner guest, just throw something else in there. That's some type of whole food that's going to get that nutrient in for you. Yeah. The cool thing about fiber and about eating more of these whole nutrient dense food choices too, is you're going to feel more satisfied. So a lot of people who tend to eat a lot of the processed snacks and things like that. Those things are usually very carb heavy or very carbon fat heavy, um, lacking protein and obviously lacking fiber. So when you're lacking protein and fiber, you're going to feel hungrier way more often. Your blood sugar is not regulated and you're going to just continue to want to snack on those things. And we talked about this in a previous episode. You know, we used to do the whole IIFYM, if it fits your macros approach when we first stumbled upon macros. Pop-Tarts and Rice Krispies. Pop-Tarts, Rice Krispies. We would make these like elaborate, um, just, I don't even know what the heck I used to make. It was like a bowl of like random cereal Carbs and like and crap. And, <laughs> and I would call it a meal, but... You know, I obviously you can see physical progress if you eat those things and are still hitting your macros while feeling like dog shit, but you're going to feel like dog shit and you're not going to have energy and you're going to feel just tired and fatigued and you're not going to recover as great from training. And you just it's one of those things you don't really know 
how good you can feel until you start implementing all of these things. And that's kind of that applies to any of the things we're talking about here is, you know, a lot of people out there just they think they're out in the world functioning high and, you know, you can function without sleep. We'll get into that in a minute. But like they don't know how much better they can actually feel and they only know they only know what they feel right now and what they've feel from living life the way that they've been living it so grinding (laughs) so when you start to focus on all of these things we're talking about here it's almost like a wake-up call because you you realize how much more energy you have to to do the things that you want to do to put into your work or to play with the kids or to push yourself in training it's just kind of amazing and magical how this all comes together to make you truly feel look and just live your best self there's nothing worth bragging about when it comes to bad habits. So functioning on two hours of sleep. And that's not saying you need to wake up at the crack of dawn. Like we all have different sleep cycles. We all have different things. Some of us are working a whole lot later, but functioning, oh, I don't need to sleep. I don't need to eat. I don't need nutrients. I don't need this or that. Congratulations. You suck at efficiency. You can do so much more by doing things the right way, by getting enough sleep, by taking care of your body, by drinking enough water, by taking in nutrients, by doing all these things we're talking about, these simple basic things that so many people like to brag that they don't need to do because I'm out here working, I'm out here hustling, I'm out here grinding. Well, your efficiency is going to be a whole lot better. You're going to produce a whole lot more when you're doing things the right way. So you're bragging about how good you are while sucking at the foundation. And it will catch up to you at some point. You may be able to grind through it in your 20s, maybe into your 30s a little bit, but that is absolutely going to catch up with you at some point in your life. Hooray for low testosterone. That's what you're doing on sleep deprivation. You're 10 years forget what it is exactly i think it's 10 years advanced so if you're 20 years old on no sleep you're at 30 years old if you're you know as far as testosterone level so it's something ridiculous so you're just not maximizing your potential stop bragging about it fix it you're gonna kick ass even more if you think you're doing well right now um taking micronutrients to fill potential deficiencies so i don't want you to rely on on supplements to meet those nutritional goals but they're a nice tool to kind of implement so after you finish maximizing your whole foods. You got that part of your diet cleaned up. Things are looking really good over there. Start supplementing, even if it's just a daily multivitamin, some reds and greens, electrolytes, whatever it is. The easiest thing you can do is just pick a good um, uh, multivitamin and that's just gonna fill some, some, some nutrient deficiencies that you may be struggling with to just kind of fill those gaps. Yeah, these basic supplements like Josh just mentioned are not going to hurt anything. They're just, go- think of them as insurance to fill those gaps and kind of cover all of your bases because there there will be days where you're not spot on with your micronutrients or maybe your meals are off or maybe you're out for the whole day and you just kind of need to get a protein bar down or something. You don't like fish taking omegas. Yeah, so these things can fill those gaps and help you continue to feel your best. Um, I think that, you know, we're not the people who are pushing supplements first because there are certainly those people out there and we're not against them. We're, we're for them in the right circumstances and, you know, after you focus on these lifestyle factors. And we take a ton of supplements at this point just from first form and things that are actually helping me manage Barrett's esophagus. So as far as like GI advantage, but these are specific nutrient blends that are working to achieve a specific nutrition goal. And that's after we've already conquered nutrition, we've already conquered training. And then say the last three to 5% is, you know, capped off by supplementation. So this isn't something that is going to get you to the top. It's just something that's going to help you once you're there, take things a little bit further, may not be a noticeable difference. It might be a little bit more of a difference for some people who are, who are struggling in other areas. 
Um, but it's, it's not a stopgap. It's something to just finish it off, you know, at that last little step. Yeah. And the next thing you should focus on here is performing some sort of activity that elevates your heart rate for at least 20 minutes, three times per week. That's like the gold standard minimum of what you should be doing as far as exercise goes. And honestly, it can be anything that you enjoy. If you are just starting out and you're overwhelmed with, you know, having to, to learn strength training or, you know, maybe you aren't sure how to do things on your own, just do something that is better than nothing. Um, and then, you know, there are obviously perks to strength training and we will preach those until the cows come home. But at the end of the day, we just want to help you guys get moving. And, you know, eventually if you get to a place where you're getting more confident, you're getting more consistent, you want to add in a few strength sessions or something like that. Perfect. But at minimum, shoot for that three times per week for 20 minutes and get your heart rate going. Walking, hiking, biking, what it really doesn't matter. Any activity that gets your heart rate elevated for 20 minutes. Don't overthink it. If you don't have time for something, you know, it's just in passing, you're home for a quick lunch break, jog 20 minutes. Don't, don't make this harder than it needs to be. So we're not going to spend too much time on that one. Very self-explanatory. The next one is my favorite. Um, just forms of stress management and making sure that we're implementing that daily. So some type of daily mindfulness Minimum of 10 minutes, obviously, if you can get that to 20 to 30 minutes a day and, you know, just kind of coupling a few things together, that's fantastic. But things like meditation, reading, um, yoga, listening to a podcast, listening to a podcast on your daily walk, something to slow those thoughts down. So think about how much time we actually spend living in the present. It's not much. We're always thinking about the future. We're thinking about the past. We're pre like we're predicting the future and kind of figure out how the past has affected us or worrying about things that haven't happened yet. That's my biggest thing that we've been talking about lately is don't borrow worry. So we spend more pain and anguish and anxiety on things we're worried might happen than the actual effect of something that would actually happen. So th that feeling prior is probably worse than the worst case scenario of the physical thing happening in reality. But kind of focusing on, on presentness, on mindfulness, being in the moment, um, you just kind of go through quick exercises. So it could be something, if you don't have time to meditate or you're not there yet, stop in the middle of the day for a minute, take a few deep breaths, think about what you see, what you feel, go through the different parts of your body, what you smell, what you taste. Um, what this, can, am I missing? this can often be done easier, I find, when I'm out in nature. Like I'll just kind of look up at the trees or the clouds or I'll stop to look at a flower on the ground or just something that's literally in that moment. Nature is so healing in that way. Um, but just taking kind of, um, control and notice of what you're feeling in your body at that time can be so powerful. Yeah. In the book that I'm reading, think like a monk by Jay Shetty quickly becoming one of my favorite books. Um, he tells a story about the monks when he was trying to become a monk at his ashram, they would take the same walk every single day, same path, same people, everything was exactly the same. And the teacher would come up with something for them to find that was different. So sometimes it'd be something you saw, something you heard, whatever. Um, but basically walking, finding a stone that looked different, like find one thing on that walk, that exact same walk that you didn't see the day prior that you haven't seen before. So you have to focus so intently on where you are and looking around and being so present in the moment that you don't have time to think about other things because you're trying to focus on finding something new from a walk you've already done a thousand times. I like that. And it also kind of teaches you not to rely on that instant gratification of finding a new route to walk. And that kind of applies to my life. So I guess I need to read that book. 
because I've been doing the same loop since we moved here back in May. And I was just thinking the other day, maybe I should find a new loop, but maybe I won't. No, you can read this book. I do two pages a day, so I should be done by January. Yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and buy my own. Thank you. January Josh is, 2nd or 3rd. Josh is a much slower reader compared to me, and it's always been a little bit of a joke. But when I get tired. I have to read the same <laughs> paragraph six times because I want to absorb it. I'm really enjoying what I'm reading. It's good. All anyway, right. Sleep routine. This is big. We all suck at it. This starts, you know, throughout the day. So setting yourself up. So if you're on technology all day, blue light glasses. Um, limiting, if you can, unplug an hour before bed. Stop watching Netflix until midnight. Obviously, that sucks. So you're trying to go to sleep at the same time. You're trying to wake up at the same time. And your body has to develop that circadian rhythm. So eating past a certain point is a topic of hot debate. One thing that I've noticed myself is it absolutely has an effect on my circadian rhythm. If you do need to eat right up until bedtime or close to bedtime, you do want to prioritize protein and whole foods. Um, you're going to see less of an insulin spike. Um, so less blood sugar fluctuation kind of waking you up and kicking you out of circadian rhythm. The other day, I had been doing really well for weeks and I, like, I haven't deviated at all. It's been whole foods. It's been great. I had a massive bowl of ice cream while I watched the Celtics. It's like the Celtics opening night. And I couldn't fall asleep until one o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, I wore my blue light glasses. I did my normal thing. I read a little bit before bed and I couldn't figure out what the hell happened. And then I thought about it and realized I typically don't eat that late and especially something that high in sugar. So if you're someone who likes to snack with that evening show, if you are still watching the evening shows instead of reading, we're trying to change that. Um, maybe shift into some nuts, some special Just protein treat a little bit more nutrient dense that's higher whole, food, in protein. whole foods you're not going to notice the typical kick off your circadian rhythm from whole foods and protein so just kind of making that shift if you do struggle with sleep and you do eat later in the day it, um, and this is all individual too so um you know for the most part though we do find people who are eating right before bed i mean just think about it your body is then working to digest that food so it can't really shut down and focus on what it needs to to get you to sleep um but, you know, sleep is one of those things that's it's hard for people because it takes that it takes time and consistent effort for your circadian rhythm to really change and to see results from it. So you can, you know, try to do this. A lot of people will try for a few days, maybe a week if we're lucky. Um, and then they kind of just, you know, have a couple of really off routines or off nights of sleep and they get frustrated but it's it takes that consistent effort and it takes you really focusing on and making that nighttime routine consistent because it does make a big difference to wind down and do things you know the right way versus watching tv falling asleep on the couch then you have to move to bed and it's like you're just you're just making things so much harder for your body so your body likes routine the more routine and more normalcy you can create around your your sleep routine the better sleep you're going to get. And then as you start waking up earlier, because you're waking up more rested, you have more time in the day to do those other things that you may have cut out. So it's just a, a situation where you're paying yourself forward. Um, so get that nailed. Drinking more water. We all typically aren't focusing on water, especially in the winter. I just, when you're not, when you're not hot, hot, I just feel like it's a lot harder to drink a ton of water. But a good baseline is basically two thirds of your body weight in pounds. You're drinking that amount of ounces. 
So if you weigh 100 pounds, that's 67 ounces of water per day. Obviously, more than that is better, but that's that's basically the minimum you want to take in. And if you're somebody who sweats a lot or maybe you are in a warmer environment or Training things like that, you need more than that. So use that as the bare minimum. Um, and another way to just kind of keep tabs on this and to assess your hydration is to look at the color of your pee, um, your urine output the color of that can really just tell you a lot about your current hydration status so um, we want that to be pale yellow or clear um, and as long as it's not like brown or bright yellow you're in a good place unless you just took vitamins then it's normal then it's going to be like neon yellow (laughs) and the last one is drinking less alcohol so this has been a point that triggers a lot of people lately for some reason very triggering very very triggering so this again we're not saying you can't drink alcohol but acknowledge that alcohol is a toxin so if you're trying to get healthier cutting back if you do consume regularly cutting back to a day or two a week or whatever it is if you're not feeling good this is specifically why and we're not just throwing around the word toxin like a lot of people do alcohol is a legitimate toxin your body stops (laughs) doing everything else that it's doing as far as metabolism to specifically focus on getting that out of your system so that's, that's that, a fact. that kind of says everything right there. Um, but, you know, obviously it is something that is our cultural norm. It's accepted. I mean, all over the world at this point. But we've talked about this in podcasts. Uh, maybe we'll do another updated one. If you guys are interested, shoot us a DM. But it's something that it makes people uncomfortable knowing that there are people like us who do not drink for some reason. And I put up a reel on Instagram a couple of weeks ago and you know, the first comment on it is it basically it was, um, I forget what the actual sound was, but it was me saying that drinking makes me less of an awesome person. And I said, drinking makes me less of an awesome person i did not say drinking makes you the the person watching this less of an awesome person um and just kind of sharing my story about that so you know it's something where people see that and they immediately play defense and they take that to heart and they they think that i'm attacking them (laughs) when in reality i'm just sharing my stance on it um but it just you know people who respond like that it's interesting because we have tons of clients, tons of friends, tons of family members who drink. And they are very supportive when we share about how we don't. And they understand we also support them. Right. But it's it's the people who are triggered usually who need to reflect on their relationship with alcohol. And because this post makes them uncomfortable, there's there's probably a reason why for them to be uncomfortable because they maybe don't like how their relationship with alcohol looks or there's something triggering about it to them. So it's not... I don't ever take offense to it, um, but it's something I'm going to continue talking about, of course, because it's that's how I live my life. It's, it's eye opening. It's something where I've never noticed this to be such a sore point. We've talked about this for a long time, for years, ever since we've we've started this and, and gone through everything and just go through the list like we're doing today. It's never been this this much of a hot topic and it. I don't know if it's the pandemic and everyone's consuming more, so they're just immediately offended by it. But again, we're all we're all on the same team. We're just sharing stories we're sharing things about ourselves or yeah. sharing general facts about what the situation is so when you say i am less of an awesome person and someone reads that as fuck you you're saying i'm less of an awesome person it's just ridiculous nobody's talking about you nobody pinpointed that on you to say that everyone is as good of a person or a better person when they drink it's just not the case so obviously we have friends and family who are just as awesome when they're drinking and when they're not drinking and it is what it is 
we were not. We were personally, I specifically was not a good person when I drank. So when we say I am not a good person when I am consuming alcohol, it has absolutely nothing to do with you. Yeah. We're not judging you. We're not placing judgment. That's a personal statement. Absolutely. And I think the best thing that you guys can do and take away from this aspect of things is to just constantly assess and reflect on your relationship with alcohol. I think that it can be really easy to just use it um, ineffectively and use it as a coping mechanism when there are obviously healthier ways to do that. Um, So I think it's important to reflect on your relationship with it often because as we go through different phases of life that can change and you may be just getting into the habit of having a glass of wine every night just because that's what you've always done but do you really need that every night probably not maybe there's something else you can replace that with that's a better habit that will help set you up for more success the next next day so I think just you know constantly reflecting on that and just being in tune with if it's truly benefiting you or maybe taking away from your life in some way you know do what you need to do to shift that easy question to ask is are you reliant on it for some reason in some way shape or form do you rely on alcohol or is it enhancing your life in a way that improves bonding with your friends with your family are you doing it for social occasions and you know you're having a good time with it so if you're reliant probably a problem if you're enjoying it with other people or you know it's adding to your life in some way shape or form in a true positive not just being drunk in the moment but a true positive then it's probably not an issue yeah i think that pretty much sums it up nicely and we touched on you know several good points there that you guys can sort of take away from this episode so you know at the end of the day just keep it simple and incorporate small changes to any of these categories to improve your overall health i think it really just comes down to that and comes down to understanding that you do have control and you can start literally right now and take one step forward to better control and set yourself up for success down the road yeah so quick recap on the episode we're all probably pretty frustrated with where we where we are at this point in the pandemic and nobody's really talking about health. So just some quick hitters as far as what we can do at this point in time, use this as motivation to take action, to improve your health, to improve your life in some way, shape or form. And some of the easy things we went over was to go for a walk, deviate from that sedentary lifestyle, consume whole foods, you know, swap out those processed sugars and processed foods for some whole foods that are actually providing benefit to your body. Um, Taking micronutrients, a multivitamin, omegas, you know, just kind of fill in the gaps from the things you're already getting from nutrition. Um, performing some activity that elevates your heart rate for at least 20 minutes, three days per week. That's your minimum. Doesn't matter what it is. Enjoy it. Find something fun. Do it with the family if you want to. Um, 20 minutes, three times a week. That's your baseline. Meditate, read, yoga, some type of daily stress management, daily mindfulness, keeping your mind in the present, slowing down those thoughts, kind of learning how to cope with stress a little bit better. Um, sleep, sleep routine. Make sure you're prioritizing sleep setting yourself up for a successful night of sleep, Um, drinking more water, drinking less alcohol. Those are some basic steps you can do from the moment that you're listening to this podcast. Stand up, take a walk, you know, work on a standing desk. Just put your, your computer on a box on a desk or something. Yeah, so we hope this was helpful for you guys. If you have not yet and you enjoyed this episode or any of our past episodes, please drop us a review. It takes a couple seconds if you just scroll down on your Apple Podcast app um, or whatever you're listening on and just drop us either a comment or a review. It means the world to us and it helps us you know, reach more people, which is, which is our mission. If you're watching on YouTube, like, subscribe. This is helping us expand that reach, like she said. We're having a lot of fun making this and I know you guys are enjoying listening because we're 
kind of growing. We're seeing that audience build each week. So a little pay it forward. If you can put something into action today, just leave us a like, a comment, a review, share us with a friend, anything that can kind of help us grow this community and make sure we leave this world a better place. But again, places you can find us, Instagram, I'm at Josh Skutnik. I'm at Alessandra Skutnik. You can find this uh, podcast and the Apple podcast and on Spotify at Here to Evolve. It's also on YouTube. The channel is Here to Evolve if you want to see the video version of this. I think we also have exercises from our library on that channel now as well if you guys are looking for form breakdowns. But we're going to wrap it up here. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll catch you in the next one.